gave me this opportunity to bring the word this morning. So I was asking the Holy Ghost what to minister on, and as the Holy Ghost does, the song that the young lady just, heavenly, just um, sang, to, I mean, danced to, <laughs> uh, was, is my message, because my message is God loves you. And that's what she danced to, was the fact that God make us what we are and that he loves us. And so that is my message today. But the way that I'm going to start out is to say, have any of you heard the phrase fake news? If you're on you know, any of the social medias, um, you've heard, and or even looking on TV to the news or whatever, you heard of fake news. So the definition of fake news is fabricated news, the type of news that has no basis in fact, but is presented as being factually accurate. Fake news is inaccurate, sometimes sensual reports that is created to gain attention, misled, deceiving, damaged people's reputation, unlike misinformation, which is uh, inaccurate because a reporter has confused facts. Fake news is created with the intent to manipulate someone or something. And we all know that for true um, by looking at the world that we live in. So with the um, subject of God loves you, it's really important to understand what's going on, who's all behind it. And we know who's behind it. The word says the devil is the father of lies. If you, if you go to John 8, 44, John 8, 44, it says, you are of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there was no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So, I want to take you back to Genesis, to <clears throat> the first lie that was ever told in the Word. And remember what I said that fake news was inadequate. The reasons that was to create uh, attention, mislead, deceive, um, and damage someone's reputation. Um, and that's exactly what the enemy was trying to do when he um, confronted Eve. So if you go to Genesis 2, verse 16, it says, And the Lord commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. 
but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eateth thereof, thou shalt surely die. Now let's go to Genesis 3. Now that was what the Lord told them. If you go to Genesis 3, verse 1, it reads, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Ye, or yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree. Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you should die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. What did God say? God said you would die. The devil said, you will not die. For God doeth know that in the day that you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. So fake news is nothing new. They just gave it a new name. Instead of a lie, they call it fake news, but lies are going all around. Now, what did the devil do? He the reputation of God he's messing with, just like it says here. He's doing damage. He's misleading Adam and Eve. But we know that God is not a man that he should lie. So God is not a liar, but the devil is. In addition to shaping public opinion and behavior, the enemy's goal is also to bring mistrust or distrust of God, even in this time. Because if you do not have the Holy Ghost, and if you are not a Christian and you're not in the Word, you don't know what the truth is. So therefore, you may fall for anything. There are three questions that um, I want to ask. They are lies that devil, the devil is telling us in this day and time. One is bad things happening comes from God. When something bad happens like a volcano erupting or a bad storm or someone dying that you love, the first thing you hear people say is that it's God's fault. Especially if they're grieving about it and they don't know the Lord and they don't understand um, what the word says. 
if they don't have any hope that they'll see that person again, then a lot of times they'll go there. They'll repeat what it is that the enemy has told them. And so there they do not have any hope. In other words, it's, he's messing up God's reputation. Because we know those that love God and are walking with God, we know that he is a good God. And in Matthew 7, 11, if you turn there, It says, if ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that asked him? It also says that every good and perfect gift comes from God. Now, all through the, all through the Bible, particularly in Psalms, it talks about God being a good God. It's, being, it's repeated over and over again. In Psalm 34, 8, it says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. In Psalm 73, it talks about how good God is. Psalms 100, verse 5, it talks about the goodness of God. In Psalms 145, 9, it talks about God's goodness, God being good. 136 verse 1, God is good. 106 and verse 1, it talks about God being good. 107 verse 1, the same. And then 118 verse 1 and verse 29. So all through the Bible, it talks about God being a good God. You have to walk by faith, not by sight. And just because something bad happens, it does. And you have to remember that um, who's in charge of the prince of the air? Who does the word says, who is the prince of the air? It is the devil. So you have to remember and know your adversary and what kinds of things he's done in the past and what he's doing now so that you can discern and know who is behind it. Number two is, people will say that God doesn't care about them. Look at all this bad stuff happened to me, and it seems like God is not doing anything for them, and they think that God doesn't care. I know one thing, one time years ago, uh, when my kids were growing up, um, I was on my way to hear this minister that had came in town and um, on the way there, you know how we talk to ourselves. And, um, and I was telling myself, oh, God must not care. And you know, I was just going on and on. And when I got to the service, guess what the message was on? Yes, yes. And God does care, he loves us. In 1 John 1, 1 John 4, let's turn there. 1 John 4. <clears throat> Verse 10. 
Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the appropriation for our sins. And then the 16th verse says, And we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. In verse 1 Corinthians 2, 9, let's turn there. It says, but, but as it is written, eyes have not seen, nor ears heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Now I want to give you some examples of God being good, him caring when people are having trouble in their life. The first one I want you to go to is Mark 5, 25. And I know that most of you have heard this story about the, the woman with the issue of blood. That's Mark 5, verse 25. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood for how many years? Twelve years. Can you imagine? Twelve years. And had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all of her money, and had nothing better, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, she came into the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, thou seest the multitude thronging thee and sayest thou who touched me? And he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down at his feet and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. So that is an example of the goodness and the compassion of God and his demonstration that he does love us no matter what the enemy may say to you. Another example is Hezekiah. That's 2 Kings 20. Let's turn there.
in verse 1. In those days was Hezekiah sick upon death, and the prophet Isaiah the son of Amos came to him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Set thy house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Now that's not a good message. Then he turned his face to the wall and prayed unto the Lord, saying, I beseech thee, O Lord, remember now how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart and have done that which is good in thy sight. So it does pay to serve God, right? It does, um, it does do you good to prepare for troubled times and not wait until they happen. Because I'm sure this is not the first time that he had turned himself to the wall and was talking to God about something that he was going through. And Hezekiah wept sore. And it came to pass a four time, a four, Isaiah was gone out into the middle court that the word of the Lord came to him saying, turn around and tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people, thus saith the Lord, the God of David, thy father. I have heard thy prayer, and I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will heal thee. On the third day thou shalt go up unto the house of the Lord. And I would add unto thy days fifteen years. And I would deliver thee and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria, and I will defend this city for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. So it does pay to know how to reach God in your time of need. And as our pastor says, preparation is never lost time. So you do need to um, be able to know what to do in time of trouble. The third question or thing or lie that the enemy tell people or people um, say is, God is dead. There is no God. And there is not the, a one true God. You know, we can, we can worship everybody or anybody like Muhammad or Buddha, but Muhammad and Buddha didn't die for me. Jesus died for me. Because the Bible says in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever, whosoever should have everlasting life if they accept him as Lord and Savior. In Psalms 14.1, if you go there, It says, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. And then in Psalms 53, verse 1, it says, the fool has said in his heart, 
there is no God, corrupt are they, and have none, and have done abominable iniquity. There is none that doeth good. So we see right there what types of people it is that be saying that um, God's dead and there is not a, one true God. Now, <clears throat> there are some action steps that we need to do in order to be ready when trouble does come. Also, action steps that we can do in demonstration that God, knowing that God does love us, that he is for us. One is learn to, or by, you need to spend time with God. You need to pray. You need to sing um, uh, praise and worship when you're home, when you're by yourself. You need to read the word, learn what it says. But you should be, it should be a habit so that with practice after practice after practice, that when something happens, um, then you automatically go there. You automatically do what you need to do to get through that particular situation. Um, in Psalm 73, we can go there. Verse 28, but it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all his works. It is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all his works. Don't try to wait until the trouble is already, for the trouble to come. You really need God to know God. You really need to know God. And the way to do that is by practicing with the Holy Spirit, being obedient, um, walking in the Spirit, and learning how to do that so that it'll come sec second nature to you, okay? The second action step is to acknowledge him. If you go to Proverbs 3, Proverbs 3, 6, and most of you probably know this one. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Just acknowledging God, just addressing him will get his attention. And that way when you constantly do that, then when something happens that you don't like, then the first thing that comes out of your mouth should be the right thing that comes out of your mouth. Because you know the first thing that comes out of your mouth, your words create. So you have to be very careful about what comes out of your mouth, it's particularly when something comes up that is unexpected. Um, 
So practice talking the word and being in preparation for when something comes up that that way you will speak the right thing and therefore you will be creating what you want not what you don't want because what you say will be what you get okay the third one is walk in love walk in love we're going to go to um, 2 John 1. 2 John 1. And, and that Second John one verse five, it says, "And now I beseech you, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment unto you, thee, but that which we had from the beginning, that we love one another." And this is love, that we walk after his commandments. This is the commandment, that as ye have heard from the beginning, ye should walk in it. For many deceivers are entered into the world, who confess not Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. The second verse is 1 John 4. Verse 8. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. We have to do things in love. We have to operate through love. And the word says that you can prophesy, you can preach, you can have all these gifts, but if you don't have love, they profit nothing. So we must walk in love. Love of God should be in our hearts at all times. In first um, in Ephesians two. And four. It says, <clears throat> Ephesians two, four, uh, four, verse eight. I'm sorry. 
but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. He loved us. Jeremiah 31, 33 talks about God's everlasting love for us. God's everlasting love for us. And first, and you know, John is the love chapter. Um, first John, so we're gonna go there. First John. Chapter 4, verse 8. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Then in uh, verse 10, it says, Wherein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a appropriation for our sins, which we um, read before. And then the 16th verse. Whoever, whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. So we say this to say, that no matter where you are in this season in your life, God has compassion, God has grace and mercy, and that he loves you dearly. He loves you dearly. And it's no way that anything is going to come between you and him. And that you have to believe that to receive what he has for you, which is the best. And John 14, 9, let's go there. Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and you have thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. And how saith thou then, Show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me. He does the work. So in other words, if you want to know how your Father God is, if you want to know um, how he operates, then all you have to do is uh, read the New Testament and find out how Jesus operated, how he cared for people, how he had compassion on people, how he loved people, and you will see how the Father God is. And then therefore, you should have no doubt that he loves you, that he loves you and he have compassion and that he's there to help you. And he even did one thing even, I mean, better. Um, he, made, he sent the Holy Ghost to help us. He gave us a gift in the Holy Ghost to be here with us, to demonstrate to us the Father's love for us and that is very important um, because if you get to know the Spirit and you walk in the Spirit, then the Spirit will help you to um, go through your life, not trouble-free, but 
you will be delivered from the trouble eventually. Okay? All right, amen. Amen. So, like Pastor would say, did you get anything out of that? <laughs>